And I, I will always love you. I'm keeping that. Oh, no. That's definitely going. Um, this is the first time I'm ever going to do a pre-roll. And that is what's going to go mm. in the pre-roll. Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we collaboratively create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I am here with Icarus iconoclast, Chris Prunty. Yeah, In our last episode here on Earth 1218, we talked all about the multiverse, creating a near-infinite number of the Land of Thousand Gods. We also talked about the cycle of life and death, while reintroducing the multi-universal threat that is the God Blob and his necromantic minions. In today's episode, we finally get around to describing the current state of the world, introducing some nation-states and dramatic events that play a key role in shaping our political climate. Chris and I have each brought one nation-state and one major event that's currently affecting the world, and together we're going to make it all fit. But before we get into that, we actually got an incredible piece of listener mail that I'd love to get into. The email was sent in to us by a listener named Asmore and has been trimmed down a bit because it was bursting, bursting at the seams with so many good ideas. But Chris, why don't you go ahead and take it away? He wrote us, I like the idea of intelligent undead being its harbingers, but that raises the question, if it's an all-powerful, all-consuming being, why does it even care? The fact that it sends out these forward scouts implies that it has some sort of requirement that must be met. Maybe it needs a critical mass of followers before it can invade, for example. Yeah, and this is something that I wanted to... I, I guess that I didn't really explain my ideas as well as I thought I did in the last episode, but that is something that I really wanted to get into was the idea that, yeah, that there is a requirement that is going on with the God Blob. Or as uh, Asmore actually puts it, he names it the Apotheosis, which I'm going to use from now on because I think it's a cooler name than the God Blob, at least for the purposes of this podcast. The other thing that I wanted to get into is the origin of the apotheosis itself, which is it just started as any god in any other multiverse and just grew and grew and kind of started consuming until it realized that it is just one planet down and then starts going to the next multiverse over. Ironically, it started out as a god of community. I can see why. I mean, yeah, why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I, I think that's another thing that we should talk about is, yeah, gods do get twisted in their ideals. You know, like they start out as a community and then become a mockery of it. I actually, you joke, that's actually not a bad idea. Like that's not a, like to Oh to yeah, start but especially around like the fourth god. It's just like, everyone should experience this. This is, yeah, it's bliss. When we get into our episode, you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, continue on with that email. But while there's no start to the planes, there has to be a start to the god blob. It has to come from somewhere. And if the planes can only be traversed in order, that means everything behind it is completely untouched. But the people that die in those untouched planes, their souls have to jump forward, pass through the countless devastated planes to finally reach an inhabited one. What if traversing through these devastated plane ravages the soul? Very few of them manage to make it through the gauntlet of devastation. Of the ones that do, most are captured by the god blob. 
and are used to make its undead legions. But a few of those souls that survive the waste elude the god blob and manage to make it into the new world. These souls are damaged and no longer capable of creating life as they once did. So they come back as, drumroll, the Ashenborn. The Ashenborn. No longer able to traverse the plains, the Ashenborn are stuck wherever they end up, and that plane is inevitably devoured by the god blob. So thank you again, Asmore, for sending this really thoughtful email. There was a lot more to it than this, but these are the kind of the cherry-picked ideas that I wanted to talk about today. I really love a lot of these ideas. I love the idea that the Ashenborn are essentially just rat like as they kind of cycle through they are ravaged by the devastation of the apotheosis. And I think it makes a lot of sense now. Going back to the threats, that was actually one of the things that I depicted about the animals that probably go through the Ashenborn process. Of, oh, that's yeah, a great, yeah. So they get So rabid. the anathema, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these things are, it's not just that their minds are destroyed or that their physical bodies their are destroyed. Soul their is corrupt. soul is being corrupt and ripped apart as it's traversing through the the wheel of the plane, of the multiverse. I love, love, love this idea. One thing that I wanted to point out is while I think that this is basically the new canon from, from here on out, I still want it to be a mystery in world. I don't want the Ashenborn to know what's going on because that kind of tips the hat to the apotheosis a little bit too much. Hmm. And I, I like the idea that at least in this current plane of existence, the apotheosis is still kind of an unknown. It's not entirely... Yeah, I'm fine with maybe a slighter, greater amount of the Ashenborn being the doomsayer prophets or anything. But I mean, they have also died. That that seems baked in almost. Yeah, I also just like the idea that they they're still... Like, they're still able to die and come back in that same plane of existence, I still think that all of the previous hooks still exist. And again, the the length of time that exists between the apotheosis happening and everything like that and the anchors and everything, I think it all works really, really well together. I just realized that's like a weird PTSD of souls where they're stuck in the same moment of after being ripped apart. They're like, no, no, no. We finally stopped being ripped oh, apart. Yeah. We are now here in this plane. We're staying in this plane. And they're safe. Oh, that's really tragic, actually. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty sad. Asmore, <laughs> thank you so much for such a great email. I really appreciate it. And if you want to send an email full of incredibly creative ideas, you can send it to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Now, Christopher, let's go ahead and get into the main topic today, which is all about the current political state of the world of a thousand gods. Do you want to start with an event or your nation state? I wanted to start with my nation state. By all means, go right ahead. So, oh, before we get going, excuse me. Before we get going, I did want to mention that we're going to be create we've already created our nation states and events. Our job today is to put it all together and have it make sense and then expand upon it as we normally do. Christopher, take it away. While also not knowing what the other person wrote, so it's kind of uh, exercise in that. Exactly. It's always fun because I have no idea what you're oh, yeah, coming to the table with. The nation state that I created, which, as always, I have a hard time with a name. Again, proper nouns are, um, yeah, proper yeah. Nouns are always set later. It's yeah. fine. Uh, but it was going to be led by a pantheon of gods. Several gods that have gotten into a familia-like uh allegiance with each other mm -hmm. and these gods were going to be the god of knowledge mm -hmm. the god of records mm -hmm. the gods 
the god of contracts and the god of wisdom. Very, all very knowledge and yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all kind of aspects of a knowledge deity or like some sort of intelligence uh, god. But the twist or the thing that happened to this allegiance is one of them died. One of them was killed in a war huh. with another uh, with another nation, another god or anything. And it was the god of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so the god of what was knowledge, what was uh, records and contracts then bound together into being what they call, well, the working title is Vengeance Pact. They swore allegiance. They vowed not to forget and to avenge their fallen uh, familial link. Mm-hmm. And so it became where their temples were. Once libraries, it became halls of where they would record the laws and the crimes committed by those in their lands and in other lands. And in a sense, they became both paladins and bounty hunters for Mm. many different areas where they seek out the wrongs of others and to punish and to capture. Okay. So this is a, it's still a pantheon, no divine coalescences here. No, they, they, they like their independence a little bit. Okay. And also, you know, maybe at this point it's, things have gone wrong and they're like, eh. Sure. So what kind of a political system are we working with here? I wanted to go with theocracy. So a theocracy, like a council type thing where there's a representative for each of the major gods? Yes. Okay. Understood. Now, when so this is essentially a council of vengeance, a council of spite, a council of petty grievances. <laughs> okay. Not so much petty grievances. No, 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 no. I, I joke, of course. It's not petty, but yeah. What are we? What are we going with here exactly? I did want it to be uh, kind of a court of, of a court of justice. So, oh, uh, yeah. While none of them are a god of justice, I feel like even if the gods aren't about that, they can have this sense of feeling of it. Just like no, something wrong was committed. Morality does have a place. You may be the god of contracts. People should keep their word. You are a god of knowledge. You know what right and wrong is. You are a god of records. You know what people have done. That's really interesting. And I can see them justifying their... I can see them justifying how they could see... How they think themselves right. Because we have everything except wisdom. And by all means, I mean... We are carrying out wisdom's... Uh, work within in their through absence. these actions exactly and exactly. I also wanted to play on the whole lawful stupid kind of thing. They mm-hmm. lost wisdom, so sometimes they're a bit of the means don't justify the ends. Mm-hmm. Not always. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They they are like we. It is better to sit idly by and respect that other nation's uh, autonomy than to unjustly invade them. Okay. Now, I see them kind of, and maybe, I don't know how you see them necessarily, but I see them kind of like an order of knights, or at least maybe that's a really powerful aspect of their their armies, is essentially like, okay, you have a squadron of knights and they are coming together, they are forming something greater than they would normally be. Like, imagine different uh, different ideals all coming together, and so it's like, oh yeah, just as though, you know, when we get together as gods, our ideals are... Our God- followers will do this. Exactly, exactly. 
In a way, I also saw them both of what they could export and do to other nations. Maybe other nations also rely on them. It's just like, oh, uh, you want to come in and open up a precinct in our city? By all means, that sounds great. You will follow our laws, though, correct? And they're like, yes, we respect your laws. Interesting. And on top of that, I also kind of viewed them in the freelance Pinkertons-like aspect. Of, I could see that as well. Of where someone could hire them and be like, listen, this has happened, and they'll go over the records of what they have and be like, all right, yeah, no, uh, you were wronged, uh, both morally and through the law, so we're, we got your back in this. All right, uh, I don't want to call it a crusade, but they're like, it just like, get the boys together. That's actually what I was going to say. So are they mercenaries, or are do they are they just known to mete out justice where they see fit? So in a realistic standpoint, I believe that they have to take some sort of contractual work Mm -hmm. but uh, I think it depends on the cause and the means of who they are. Like, if if they hear about some sort of horrible injustice in the world, I think that they would take it upon themselves. Mm -hmm. At the same time, if some king or some uh, political leader was just like, I've been wronged, it was just like, all right, that sounds great. Yeah, we could probably do that for a thousand gold because you can afford to amass your own army. So mm -hmm. we're more about helping those who can't help themselves interesting so they're not so they're mercenaries for those who can pay but they're also they're all they also do pro bono work is what you're saying yeah it, it pay what you can kind of set up for them okay okay so we're we're going to drive through rpg and we're paying zero dollars <laughs> i <for> was <laughs> it's the humble bundle you don't have to pay the minimum uh-huh this episode brought you by humble bundle no, please give us free things actually that'd be pretty yes cool. yeah, no yeah don't 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 ruin this yeah i mean yeah i'll take a free no yeah yeah <laughs> pay what you want for this plus five great sword Ooh. <laughs> oh that that man's entire fortune took to build that <laughs> The blood of demons had to be cleansed upon the blade. <laughs> cool dollar minimum. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So what do you perceive what do you perceive their role in the world to be exactly? They they sound like good guys, but they also sound like kind of good guys, not necessarily staunch I, I, good guys. This was my attempt at good guy and not being the classical for all intents and purposes, for a character that I used to play, the Julian good mm -hmm. guy of where the... Oh, where he just thinks he's good, but he's actually a monster. I have no idea what you're referring to. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So, uh... But yes, I see them as good people. I like to believe that the higher up and the closer you get to the actual church, the more you have the... Uh, what, it, what do you call it in the military or in a company? Not like a company man, but a career soldier or a career priest. Okay. Where they they believe in what they're doing. But then there's someone who is a mercenary and they're like, I get food, I get a bed. I'm, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do mm -hmm. this. So what has stopped these people from taking over more parts of the world exactly for the same reason they haven't done uh, the coalescence with each other they still respect the autonomy and freedom of others oh, okay now uh i have to ask what happened and we can leave this blank for now but what happened to the god that murdered the god of wisdom i want to believe that a crusade has been ongoing against them but i want it to be 
that it's a little bit more than what the this joining of gods can take. Maybe it's a god of coalescence that they have to fight. Mm. Maybe it's something like the undead uh, lords that we've spoken about before, where, you know, then we have the lawful good fighting the undead, which is just, you know, a neat little... Yeah, and I think the idea that those undead lords that we were talking about weren't even necessarily evil can also bring into the fold maybe this god of wisdom was playing some kind of political game with the, you know, the pantheon that it's involved with. Maybe it wasn't as good as the other ones and it just kind of got wrapped up. Oh yeah, because they weren't a na- they weren't naturally gods of justice or good or anything. So right. it could be a, a god of wisdom, oddly enough in a lot of mythology is also when I was looking up because I wanted to come up with a pantheon first. Knowledge gods are very good, but some of the ones that are for wisdom are like Loki and other ones oh, yeah. that are very trickster gods. So, oh, yeah. Anansi, I think, is also... Yes, uh, yes, yeah. he was on there, which, yeah. you know, maybe the god of wisdom's not even dead. Oh, wow. Okay, so maybe this isn't even a god of wisdom that we're talking about. At this oh, point. yeah, it could be a trickster yeah. god. Yeah. yeah. Funny enough. Uh, well, actually, isn't Odin also the god of wisdom? Because he rips his eye out and puts it on the well. I th- down the well. See, this is where multiple gods can be things kind of like god mm. of knowledge foresight fair but that's enough. not quite wisdom okay yeah, yeah yeah that's fair now for mine i was hoping you'd segue me but i'll do it oh um i'm, I'm sorry I... no i'm no, sorry it's, it's, like... it's fine christopher I mean... oh that reminds me so what's your nation state rob christopher i have a question for you do you walk the path uh yes the luddick path the the Luddick path? Yeah. I don't know what that is, so I'm just going to keep on moving. I have chosen to establish the Path of Thorns. Now, the Path of Thorns started out as two disparate groups of Spriggans who were not just Spriggans, but the majority of the, the followers were Spriggan. And they suffered terribly under the lash of a despotic tyrant. This was, uh, you know years ago yeah no i'm, I'm just yeah, that's fine chris and i'll one were worshippers of the god of Make all the noise you want the other were worshippers of the god of fangs and they came together understanding that where the god of fangs had ferocity but lacked purpose the god of seed had knowledge and wisdom but lacked any kind of edge so they decided that the best way to throw off the yoke of this evil, you know, tyrannical dictator was divine coalescence. And thus, you have the Path of Thorns. Not necessarily an individually or an individual deity, but rather kind of like a more of a more of a principle, more of a set of ideals more than anything else. What happens, again, mostly led by Spriggans, these are individuals who believe that freedom and equality matter. So they are extremely anti-slavery, anti-capitalist, anti-exploitation. More than anything else, exploitation is what they find to be abhorrent. Did you make a bunch of communist druids? So, yes, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's more than just that. I, I wanted there to be a general, like I wanted there to be not just a revolution in terms of a physical sense where you have the downtrodden who are casting off their their shackles, essentially. But I also wanted it to be a sense of ideology, ideological revolution as well. 
I wanted there to be something kind of revolutionary in the talk in, in what they do and whatnot. And this is where they've evolved or this is what they've evolved into. The path of thorns are actually a collective of gods more than just the divine coalescence. The divine coalescence is the main idea, but their influence expands greater than that. And they have a bunch of smaller gods that also fit under the umbrella of the path of thorns. And they're totally okay with them essentially following the path with them. But like your gods, they also don't require a divine coalescence as well. They're totally fine as a coalition, as long as everything is, you know, kind of in order. They believe in equality and they believe in living with the earth uh, naturally, without exploiting the land, without exploiting resources, and without exploiting the people. And one of the things that I wanted to focus on was that they believe in peace more than anything else as well, but they're prepared for war. The idea that I had was, okay, they're, they're coming from the god of seeds, and what do you do with seeds? You plant them. You're planting seeds of revolution. So their main weapon in the on the political stage, it, much like the Bolsheviks of the... Uh, of the 1920s and whatnot are ideas. So what they do, they send out agents, really charismatic agents that kind of start to sow sedition and rebellion. And, and basically they don't even have to do much. It's like, Hey, look, we believe that you should be equal. We believe that you shouldn't be exploited and look at the situation you're in. They're essentially just holding up a mirror to the society and letting people kind of make decisions for themselves. Okay, so you can't have groups larger than 10 start to congregate. Uh, if anyone starts passing out Path of Thorns material, you have to report it to your manager. Listen, oh yeah, the benefits that you have of not being the dues, the dues of, of joining the Path of Thorns are not worth it. Exactly. They're, they're, essentially, they're essentially union. They, they, they really just want what's best for the individual. And the God Pact... I'm sorry, those who have been God-pacted, they are the de facto leaders, although they often defer to a council of, 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 of elders and representatives. They are de facto leaders, but they aren't the final say. They're not the only ones who are making decisions because it's important to show that we all walk the same path. We are all on that path together. And what they do... It is, I, I create, I combine the two ideas that I had where they are able to grow plant life rapidly and at the same time make it as strong as metal. Oh. So you can have all of these incredibly impossible cities that are essentially made out of trees and they are just as strong as skyscrapers and just as strong as city walls that, you know, otherwise. I, I, I'm not sure entirely if they're going to be fireproof but i like the idea that you have massive tree cities without elves because fuck elves i think we can really? both agree with that yeah. yeah i do i do have a love i do have a love hate relationship with elves uh, yeah I, I but i do like the tree ships in hyperion i don't know i've never read hyperion oh uh, it's it's you should you should that that's pretty much the the takeaway okay yeah i'll, I'll get on that yeah anyway what, so this is, I like the idea that, and, and one thing that I, I didn't mean to, but I created an event in world as a secondary event by mistake. And what's happened recently, and this is to show like, look, these are peaceniks, right? They believe in peace, but they also understand that they're ready to fight. Like they're the, one of the, one of the uh, things is 
one of the aphorisms that they have is where our words fail, our swords will not. So, so they're plowshares into swords. When they need to. Hmm. But the, I think it's I think it's more like walk softly and carry a big stick, kind of like hmm. Teddy Roosevelt. I wish I was wearing my Teddy Roosevelt shirt right now, actually. Yeah, so they believe in walking softly, carrying a big stick. And this is the thing that I found interesting is they're still going to seek out evil and corruption and take it down. And what happened recently, so they come into conflict with this monarch who is a failing monarch, starts becoming indebted to the Sirene Consortium, which is what I'm naming the Beekeeper Guild from previous episodes, starts to become indebted. And so in a desperate attempt to kind of recoup losses, starts to sell his people in slavery. The As you do. I mean, yeah, what, are you, what else are you going to do, right? But the Path of Thorns recognizes this and says, that's not going to happen and starts, it just invades. Like, starts with, you know, they're kind of peace talks as much as possible. When those fail, they come in with an army and they have sacked and now taken over that monarchy. As a result, they now have a, a fairly large expansion to deal with and they are now stretched pretty thin because they're not supposed to be expansionists for the most part, right? So they're dealing with uh, all of the things that come with overexpansion, which are you don't have as many troops, and so the the roads start to be a little bit more dangerous. You have rumors that the Sirene Consortium are trying to get some of the money that the monarchy owed them back, so they're funding thugs and bandits and all sorts of highwaymen, highwaymen and, and royal loyalists to the previous monarchy to kind of sow chaos in hopes that the path of thorns will just sell them the land. And so that's where we are now. Hmm. Yeah. One of the questions that I would have is, so the, the path of thorns is, is a nation because it sounds more like a political movement. Yes. That, Ironically, grassroots. That, oh, yeah, I didn't even mean that one. I didn't even mean that one, I swear. Yes, that's the idea that I had, is that it's it's kind of nebulous. It is a nation. It's a large nation state, but it is also more of an ideal rather than a set of gods. Okay, so the, the other thing would be, do they have like cells in other cities? Do they work in secrecy or do they work out in the open? Like, yeah, yes. Do, it, de it depends. It, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're not dumb. They're not going to be going out and being like, hey, I know that we're in the land of tyranny. Like, literally, the god of tyranny is right over there. But what if we didn't? Eh? Yeah. Like, eh? No, yeah, they're, they're not dumb. They're not going to be going out and doing that. So some of their... Some of their... Uh, some of their cells will be secret. Some will be out in the open. And it's all a matter of like, look, everyone walks the path. Everyone is here with us. And the other thing is that I kind of want to get into it. One of their other slogans was, we serve no lords, just one another. So that's the idea behind it. More than anything else is that it's it's a populist, I'm not going to say communist, but... I mean, you're taking care of one of the biggest problems. You don't got to worry about food. Yes and no, because I when I say plants, I don't necessarily mean food. I wanted it to Can be... Can they change all plants? Because then that's that's a question, like... I think we'll have to shelve that for now. Okay. Yeah, because also it's not like they get to pick, they get rapid growth 
or strength or strength. Oh, it's so both. you get so, so you get like a corn on the cob that breaks teeth. It's a spear of corn on the cob, a literal I know, spear. I get like a monster hunter feel of that. Just like, what are you eating there? Corn. Yeah. Ugh. Oh man. I'm forging my corn. Actually, that'd be amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, we're 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 not doing that. But I love the idea. But the, but the, but the idea is like imagine imagine what that would mean though, right? Like having. Oh, I'm God. sorry. I'm just picturing a blacksmith like working over a pot of beans, <laughs> and like, what do you have there? Just like I'm forging a sword, and he pours it into the mold, and it cools. Oh, see, I would imagine that beans are just like shotgun bullets, essentially, right? Right. So, so the idea that I had was, I mean, imagine that you're chasing a god pact from them, and he hits like a tree, right? And now all of those leaves are razor sharp. And you don't recognize it. And you just think you're running into a tree and then you just get chopped the fuck up. Stuff oh, like that. That's, that's terrifying. Isn't it? Uh, uh, razor sharp leaves. Yes, exactly. Razor leaf, if you will. Oh, oh. Yeah. 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 Uh, hmm. that's th- so those are the ideas. And yes, I modeled some of it after the idea of 1920s era Bolshevism, but mostly just the concept of it. I love the concept of a radical idea that terrifies the norm. So... Who are the leaders in this? Is it the gods or is it the people? It's the God Pact. So the God Pacted are de facto leaders. They uh, they essentially walk the path to the point where they ascend to the God Pacted level. And then they are spiritual leaders at that point. Okay. They're not necessarily political leaders, but most of them act that way. And they're all, for the most part, t- tremendously charismatic. Uh, is there anyone who stands out as like... A leader, yeah. like like a Karl Marx or something like that. Yeah, not current Lenin, you know, because yeah, yeah. I mean, we we all, all got or Trotsky even. Yeah, not yet. Uh, I I didn't want to go that far because I wanted to leave some gaps for eventual, you know, like world building stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think that if we were to focus a little bit more on the Path of Thorns, then we have to talk about it. But okay, I got you. It, like that. That's one of the things that about world building that uh i do like the generalized world building and i i'm fine with making uh, the little minutiae of everything but there comes a point of where you start being like a little bit of stanley kubrick and you're like i need to name what the name of this insect is in this city right every blade of grass every frame of painting yeah exactly exactly and and in certain cases i think that's I, I, oh, I it think, can be very good, but it's also yeah. where just like, oh, uh, are are you still building that world? It was just like, yeah, you know, it's my life's work. I'm still working on the blacksmith's son. Now, I've got a really good base <laughs> story for him. He's got a stutter, a lame leg, and he's in love with a cow. But we've got, you know, like, we're not going into that level of detail yet. I think that for, the, for where we are now, broad strokes are fine. And then we can kind of, sh- you know, zoom in as we need to. Side note. If Goofy was a dog, why was he married to a cow? Clarabelle? Yeah. I don't know. Why did Cl- How and why did Clarabelle die after they had Max? God, I never questioned that. Yeah. And there's exactly. no pictures of her anywhere. That's actually really true. Yeah, isn't it? And they could have. It was already... Pay- you know what? No, no. I bet that they probably removed Clarabelle because they didn't want to be like, well, if... Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, we're getting way off topic here. Anyway, if you want to talk to us more about Clarabelle Rule 34, let us know in the comments. Please, God, no. (laughs) All right, let's get into events. Chris, what event did you have for us today? 
So my event was not quite a threat either. It's just something that people have been noticing. I like uh, that we have touched on lightly the exodus of people who are going to this new world area. Mm -hmm. I wanted to denote something that's been happening with people who are coming back. Exports oh. from the area. And I wanted... From to, the new world. From the new world, yes. To go on. And I wanted it to be somewhat of a blight. Like What kind of a blight are we working with here? So... That is where I've gotten to where I want like certain, certain, uh, architect, not architectural, whoa, agricultural, uh, things have been affected. And I wanted it to be one of the more basic things like wheat. Okay. Cause I feel like wheat, you got your bread, you got, it's a foundation of like most foodstuffs. Sure. So what is going on with bread exactly? So just potato-ass famine style, things are dying, and I wanted to put one of the terrifying things of it is it seems to be somewhat immune to divine intervention. Sure. So you're talking about a demon seed, literally. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, but you're talking about a seed. Let, let's say that the people coming back from the new world, they're coming back with agriculture, and they're trying to breed it in the soil, and then essentially it leaks into the soil and starts killing all sorts of plant life. Yeah. An okay. invasive species from another land. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of wanted it to be also nebulous in the fact that since not many people really know about microbiology or perhaps even like fungal spores or anything, that people are just like, oh God, it's a blight from the new land. Gods were right. We shouldn't have gone there. And it creates a weird kind of social stigma of people who are going, people who are coming back. Uh, what originally was like a robust trade from, uh, I'm sorry at the time, uh, I didn't have a name for them, but Beekeepers Guild had kind of like a East They're India the Company. CRNE Consortium, thank you very consortium. much. Consortium? Yeah, it's a, con it's a trade consortium. I know. Yeah. But uh, I know that they had like an East India Company trade thing going on, and that was like a new, like I'm sure the continent has all these fancy things like tomatoes and potatoes. Corn. Corn, it's amazing. Everyone wants... Uh, uh, come on. Amazing. Maze. Okay. That's sad to have on recording. Um, but I wanted it to now have a stigma that follows that people don't want to... Oh, I get it. Uh, fuck you. I get it. Just fuck you. <laughs> uh, a stigma that now follows it that while these goods have this high price and they are coming in people are now like uh doing the signs of many different kinds of crosses and stars of david's when they when they see them and i imagine that there's probably cities who have just outright banned the sale of goods from the new world so to speak oh yeah and i want to see that maybe uh some of the more uh knowledge or tech-based ones they're looking into it and they're like oh no there's nothing to fear and then mm. some of them are just like are you kidding new world wheat that pollutes the humus. Right. And, and I'm sure that there is some god of horticulture somewhere who's like, ah, I'm in the new world. I don't know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, so I, I really enjoy that idea because I, I appreciate threats, you know, air quotes there, where it's a matter of, yeah, this isn't so much a direct threat to your man, your, your livelihood, but it kind of is if you're like a farmer. Yeah. It kind of is if your people are starving. 
And how widespread is this blight? Or is it a matter of those who've tried to cultivate the wheat in from the new world? It's people who have tried to cultivate the wheat from the new world, but also it has cropped up randomly in different places. Be- ho, ho, once again, bad in a thousand. Cropped up. Uh, I also wanted it to be... The, the idea came from is uh, viticulture that was really affected by the New World when mm. we brought over and then like the wine blight of throughout Europe. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, Why yeah. Tell it, me about that. Uh, so when we settled in the New World, uh, like Concord grapes and everything had these like little mites or parasites... Not parasites. What, what am I trying to think of? Uh, an insect that ate them. And we took them back to Europe and European crops were devastated only only wine crops and so really there's so much like wine culture that because now now you have to like uh fuse them together this is now a podcast about uh wine yeah uh, so you have to bind them together and like there's this whole thing because american american style uh grapes or anything are typically not like good whereas european grapes have been cultivated for so long and have the taste and the flavor and now you have to like slice them together bind them and have them grow because the roots and the bark of the american ones can survive but you want the taste of these ones no no kidding that's really fascinating i had no idea about that i'm not sure how much of that is bad science that i've regurgitated from a memory uh, it's it, most of it is my guess. No, all of it. <laughs> yeah. One of the things when I was in, uh, I think I was in Wales. This is, this is like 2001, I want to say. And one thing that I remember doing is I was over there for like a young ambassadorship program and stuff like that. And one thing they had us do was go to this massive forest and just chop trees down and deforest as much of it as possible. What had happened is some duke or royalty or something like that had found a a particular plant that they really enjoyed. And that plant found that Welsh soil was incredibly good for it. And it went from being like a little shrub to massive trees that just overran and killed most of the other plants around it. Mm. And so they had teenagers like myself at the time uh, just start chopping down trees, burning them, stuff like that. I, I, I actually find that to be really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty... Uh, I know that Australia is just chock full of, uh, like, they have a huge problem with, I think, rabbits. Yeah, and then there's we, that uh, there's that Simpsons episode, too, with the frogs and everything, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just find it a little bit funny because Australia is just filled with things that I am terrified of and yeah, can that's kill me. Yeah. But rabbits somehow are just like, oh no. Well, I imagine that they're just... They're oh, they breed. Destroyed. They breed like crazy. Exactly. And there's there's probably... Ironically, there's probably not enough natural predators for them. And so they're like, oh God. And also, I really wanted to have one of the events that was going on be the new world. Because that... Yeah. Eventually, I want us to branch into that. I don't know what's there... What are we going to do with, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the things that I wanted to kind of build into my event as well, is something new. Like, the, what we talked about when we were talking about timelines and eras and stuff like that is the 1500s were times of massive change. And I love talking about times of massive change. When we're talking about the new world, the type of stuff that you're talking about is what I want to explore. And I know that we talked about in our second episode... We talked about the very first divine coalescence. And so from my event, 
I wanted to do the opposite. The first ever divine schism. Oh. Yes. There is a divine coalescence that broke apart and didn't revert to the original gods that they were, but two entirely separate gods. New ones. Oh. Yes. And I didn't really think about it too much because I didn't actually... I want there to be a lot of mystery surrounding it. I don't want there to be any information on how or why it happened. But what I do want there to be a lot of information on is the fallout. So immediate civil war. Immediate... Like, imagine, like, within the first couple hours, that city goes up in flames. Oh, because God, the riots. The riots. No one knows what's going on. There's chaos, terror... That's the kind of thing that the, I'm trying to avoid. There's a mix of people who are saying God's dead, God's yep. not dead, my God beat your God, exactly. fuck your God. Why did your God leave? What happened to this new God? All sorts of stuff like I that. I worship the new one. No, that's just that city. Imagine what happens when the news of a divine schism ripples out into the world when it's never happened before. Imagine the fear and anxiety and the fallout of that concept in a world where divine coalescence is important. We could lose our God. We yes. could lose both our gods. Exactly. What happened? We need to know what happened so yes. it doesn't happen here. Exactly. And that's what I was trying to get at. This is the this is the idea that I I mean revolution. We're we're talking about brand new things that have never happened before. If we had a divine coalescence, why not a divine schism? My God. Schisms are always fun. fun. Exactly. And so that's kind of what I was rocking for right now. Rocking that schism. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now that we've got our ideas down, how do we stitch them together and make them functional? Where do our nation states kind of uh, account for one another? Actually, I've already got an idea. So I like the idea of your famine affecting the path of thorns maybe part of the reason that they're having such trouble with the expansion of land is because of this new blight that's come in and if you want to talk about that it's kind of resistant to divine um ability and whatnot that you're talking about why not have it be oh well we can't make this grow and we can't harden it so but it's just purely invasive you know so the God Pact are now a little bit nervous because they don't understand how and why their their God Pact doesn't necessarily work. I'm supposed to have command over this. This is exactly. my thing. Exactly. Plus, I like the idea that, I mean, I already had the idea of strife due to massive expansion and a famine, or, or at least a partial famine, adding to that is, is brilliant, I think. Hmm. And not only that, I mean, if you wanted to bring in the CRNE consortium to it, I can also see them being behind the whole thing in the first place. Like nefariously behind it? I mean, maybe... Uh, Ooh, wait, no, no. I could see how that could work in a weird, like, Monsanto-like way of where uh, the now the exports that from the New World, which are resilient against this thing, are now the food that people are relying on. Oh, God, yeah, that's... And not only that, if we were talking about the New World kind of being uh, an area where people went as a refuge from gods as they know them, then why wouldn't the Sirene Consortium, who don't rely on gods, why wouldn't they want to be behind this whole idea? Yeah, I think this totally works in this sense. How do we get more control in the Old World? Destroy the Old World. Yeah. And, 
and upon its ruin we shall build a foundation. Absolutely. So where does so where does the Path of Thorns and your nation state fit in exactly? Let's talk about that a little bit. So I feel like the fact that uh, the Path of Thorns is kind of out for the little guy looking to do some good, I feel like though the Path of Thorn could be like extremist cells. How do you figure? So you were mentioning that uh, like my guys are about justice and respecting the laws of others. Yours sure. seemed where they were willing to be the invasive species in another country and yeah. where they're like, no, tyranny must must fall. Whereas uh, I really like the fact that mine were just like, it's not our place to say. We can't control what others do. We'll, we'll help guard the refugees coming in from this war-torn country, but we're not going to go in there and stop anything. Right. Yeah, you guys are the worst. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you are if you have the power to do something and you don't, why bother? Uh, you know I'm what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm speaking for the Path of Thorns. I apologize. Wow. wow. This is how I, this is and, how I imagined this would go, well, by the way. But that's how that they would interact with each other. Vaguely where, antagonistic. Like, four or five people would be like, you know, he's right. We should have to act out. And that's where the... Ends do justify the means because I I wanted the devout people, the people who are in the head are just like, no, that's not what God wants. And they were like, no, didn't you see that they they attacked our soldiers and were like, all right, well, then we do have to act. Meanwhile, total false flag operation. Okay, I I like the fact that we kind of are on the same side in a lot of things, but at the same time, we look at each other and we're like, I look at you. Well, the Path of Thorns looks at your knightly order. And you're like, you're not doing enough. You have all this power and you do nothing with it. You squander it for what? For titles? For law? Wow. Wow. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, you got a contracts. Yo, sign on the bottom, go fuck yourself, huh? <laughs> it's not just about doing right. It's about doing it right. Oh, God. You're the worst. All right, so I, I love I love. I'm the... Superman. Path of Thorns is Batman. I mean, I Batman's better anyway, so yeah, I'm cool with that. Which is weird because when I originally came up with uh, my guys, I was worried about. You're not even Superman. Your your Return of the Dark Knight Reagan version of Superman. Oh fuck you! Yeah, that's it. no, that's exactly what you. you are. I originally, when I was envisioning these people, I was worried that they would be a little bit too much like Red Hood. Oh God. But, I, I'm not getting but, that vibe. No, no. That, that, listen, I dialed it back because Red Hood style justice and everything, that's a little bit too close to my comfort zone of Julian. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I can see. Julian did nothing you... wrong. Oh, God. All right. Okay, so we, we've got that, that we have an antagonistic kind of relationship between one another. Um, how Now let's go ahead and add in the other nation states that we've established already. How do they feel about the... Handasa? Yeah, how do they feel about Handasa? How do they feel about the kingdom of feast and famine? Um, how do they feel about the council of liches? My nation state? Well, let's let's kind of work it in together. All right. I feel like the uh, council of liches, uh, we kind of put them as a bureaucratic uh, thing. And I feel like they get lost in that where they're like, all right, sure. uh, let's, let's see. It, all right, um... 
case 4058 uh, after some research. So you guys are getting along just fine. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because, you know, got to... They, apparently in a law that was written 500 years ago with it, I like to believe that it started out that they, I like to believe that they started out in a hateful relationship, but the long view of the liches were just like, oh, all we have to do is like write laws into what we're doing is okay. And then like through a a war of their sovereignty. yeah, through a slow war of a millennia of attrition, the liches have just gotten to the point of where it just like, no, we're we're cool, right? And they're just like, wait, yeah, I guess you're following the rules. <laughs> this All seems right. weird. Uh, meanwhile, I feel like engineers and everything, that they would get along fine mm-hmm. if there's ever a time and period where Handasa kind of breaks the rules of nature, I think that might come up. But oh. but the fact that they are knowledge gods or were originally gods of knowledge and record keeping, I think they'd get get along just fine. Okay. I think the god of feast and famine, they would uh, not get along with. I feel like the chaoticness and the fact that it was just like, no one deserves to be hungry. What are you... What do you guys do? Why are you burning that piece of art? Oh, I just, I just, especially realized. records. Like someone oh. who has written a book, someone uh, just like, hey, uh, as a peacekeeping uh, effort, we're going to give you uh, Gabriel's uh, tales of uh, the new world. Here you, why are you burning it? Yeah. Oh, man. And not only that, I can see how the Path of Thorns looks at the exploitation of those who are hungry and are immediately like incensed by the idea. Oh man, yeah. Okay, this is fun. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see how it's all coming together. Do we have an alliance? Do, do the Path of Thorns and your Council of Law, do they have an, do they have an alliance or no? Uh, I'm gonna say no right off the bat. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of one that you will remember or will know of, but I feel like a lot of the fiction I like, uh, my, my guys are the Federation. Yours is Section Thirteen. This is going way over my head. I don't uh, know nearly enough. Oh, damn it. Why? Uh, We're going to cut this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Already, I'm already seeing us cutting this. I'm going to think of something you know. Uh, name a sci-fi thing for me. Come on. just Or, or fantasy or something. Ah, uh, damn it. Lord of the Rings. I hate you. And That's I a know fantasy. That you will not get it. You will not get That's a fantasy. My... Fine. I'll do the equivalent of... Uh, Okay, for a moment, imagine that uh, you're Gondor, I'm Rohan, but you also happen to be Boromir. The Path of Thorns is Boromir. Do you get the reference I'm making? I hate you. I hate you so... Why did you do this to me? So, Chris, I think that we've actually come up with a bunch of really good... (laughs) 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 So, Chris, I think that what we've done today is create a really interesting state of the world. And what I think, because we're coming up on time, what I think we should focus on next time is kind of uh, weaving in elements to make it more cohesive, to make it more, uh, to make it feel more alive. Because I feel like we have these staunch ideals here and there. Let's take the little the little tool, muddy it up a little bit, and make things feel like they're. I don't know, more cohesive. Cause I feel like we're so staunchly, like we have strong borders here and strong borders here, 
let's add a little bit to the history and make things a little bit more interesting. How do you? Yeah, how do you yeah I would agree with that. And I believe also a recap. Yes, uh, there is a recap episode coming at some point. I think that after next episode, I will probably do a full okay. recap episode and allow people who are wanting to jump in at episode 11, you know, they don't have to go back and listen to 11 hours of it. They can just kind of listen to this one episode. And I, I think doing this periodically will also be important. As well. And also anyone, as more, Detlef, people who want to write it, Please, write us enough, and eventually we could do a fan mail episode yeah. where we could read your emails in entirety. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I imagine that eventually, that, that might be a good Christmas episode if we have enough by then. I don't Aww. think we'll have enough by then, but who knows? Well, we might make a little Christmas episode. Yeah. So, Chris, what's the next homework we're going to be doing? Because oh. I, I think that the next episode is pretty set in stone at this point. We want to make the world feel a bit more cohesive, a little bit more alive. Do we want to come up with another nation state and then kind of weave them in to make it a little, feel a little bit better? I would say uh, we should come up with another nation state, and I think we should have some of the nation states that we've already developed, mm -hmm. uh, some history of something that's happened between them. Okay. Even if, like, we could bring up, uh, well, I don't want to plant seeds of ideas, but say, like, the failed ritual of... 1242. So you want a little bit... Of, so, okay, so we want... Uh, so we want historical events now as well, is what we're going for. Yeah, but I also feel like historical event can fall for f treaties that broke through, wars that were fought, okay. uh, star-crossed lovers, all of that. I, I've already got a million ideas buzzing through my head, so I'm excited is about this. Star-crossed lovers. No, actually, it's a failed treaty, mostly. Uh, yeah. It's about a spriggan and an ashborn that found love. It works. They find a way. I bet they do. But we won't find that way. We'll find another way. We'll follow the path of thorns. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah, so next episode, we'll come into it with more historical events. With an, You want to do one nation each and then historical events? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. So I think that that's a great point to transition out. We will see you next time. Uh, if you have any emails, comments, if you want to send us fan art, if you want to send us dick pics, you can email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. I was really worried you were going to follow that dick pic thing with my personal email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want Chris's personal email to send him dick pics, just DM me. Why uh, is it my work email? <laughs> <laughs> I do know your work email as well, so that would be helpful. Uh, anyway. If you honestly want to give us a random uh, God idea, I, yeah, I'm going totally to throw shit at a dartboard to come up with the God. Yeah, yeah I mean, any any idea. I mean, Asmore, you've, you've set a great precedent here with introducing new lore that we're going to be integrating into the world. And this is eventually what I want the podcast to become, is where we start to take ideas more and more from our listeners and integrating them into the world as best we can. Yeah. And we'll be doing that next time on world build with us and until then we love you very much and we'll see you then still just kind of like you good night or good morning have a great day